Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and and Angel uh, one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we will of course be discussing details from previous episodes. Um, I don't I don't have a quip today. I'm just Harrison. I'm just me. And I'm Jason, and I'm uh, struggling and moving around so that I can secure having a job next year. What? Anya, at the end of this episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> F- funny joke. Um, Anya was originally meant to be killed off in this yes. episode, but she wouldn't stop moving around. I've always wondered if that's true, though. You know what? I I don't I care. Like, I'm using it for my joke, fair damn it. Enough, fair enough. But I just, I just, I, I'm imagining this episode the way it ends. But also Anya's dead, and it actually feels like it, it really undercuts everything. So I, either way, I'm glad Anya is alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm Jason, and I'm doing all that stuff. <laughs> Harrison. Yes. What very special episode are we watching this week? Yes. Uh, well, we are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 5, Episode 22, The Gift which, um, if you've gotten this far, you probably know, is my favorite episode of the entire series. Um, This is the one where everything in season five, literally everything, uh, culminates, even uh, some random objects, um, as Glory... uh, The daggone sphere! (laughs) Glory um, uh, begins to prepare the final stages of the ritual, and the Scooby gang come up with a plan to either stop her or die. Um, and I uh, uh, just love it so much. Um, the Gift, the 100th episode of Buffy yes, the Vampire yeah. Slayer, and the original series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer was written and directed by, I mean, who else? Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. And it originally aired on May 22nd, 2001, as foreshadowed by clocks and and driver's licenses. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, this episode aired on 522. Which in it's season 5, <laughs> episode 22. Nice, uh, nice, nice. Um, all right, hit it. So, um, what a long, strange trip it's been, (laughs) to quote the, uh, the Grateful Dead. Um, so originally, listeners, my plan for this episode, it's a very special one, Buffy's 100th, uh, it's, uh, it's finale on the WB before it moved over to UPN for the next season. It's your favorite episode. It's my favorite episode. It's also just like, outside of it being my favorite episode, it's just also a really fucking good episode. So originally I was going to bring on like some champagne or some Prosecco, but then I remembered that heavily carbonated beverages will kill Jason. And... So it's Jason's fault. Oh, no, no, no. It's not your fault. Because I, initially I was just like, oh, I'll just get one, just get a bottle for myself. And then I was like, listen, have I ever drank a whole bottle of champagne by myself? Yes. 
<laughs> Will I ever again drink a whole bottle of champagne by myself? Yes. <laughs> but I felt... Not even a probably, just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I felt like a Wednesday night was not the night to do that. And also, I needed... It really, the reason I wanted to do it was because I wanted, just for the sound effect, of the pork, cork popping. So, I'm just providing the sound effect here now. Yay! And now, Jason, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a vodka cranberry. Um, hey, I, I feel like I've, I've had that more than any other, like, drink consistently throughout this season, so... Yeah, so, yeah. I, I've I've settled that into being my usual, um, instead of just a like a typical beer or something mm-hmm. like that. Though, but you, you know, love now, a vodka cran. Now that I do love a vodka cran. Now that it's getting to the fall, you should like start getting like uh, fall beers, like yeah. Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers for future episodes. I like legitimately almost texted you earlier today to be like, "Hey, grab some pumpkin beers." Well, <laughs> Maybe I, next week. Yeah, well, I, I I do have a few October Sam Adams Oktoberfests at home. Nice, uh, but yeah, like I mean, fortunately this year we actually have the Jacko Pumpkin Ale. Yeah. Like and uh, and then that's just Sam Adams. You've got like Schlafly's Pumpkin Ale. Mm-hmm. You've got the Pumpkin. Uh, there are so many good pumpkin beers out there. Uh, Lagunitas has a really good one. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm drinking a Boulevardier, which I've had a couple times on here. Um, it's a uh, Campari. Uh, bourbon and vermouth. Um, I believe this is one you did not care for when when we made it. Probably not. Um, so yeah. Um, and we're drinking them out of our nice, my nice crystal tumblers because it's a uh, special it's occasion. A special episode. All right. Um, cheers to Buffy the Vampire Slayer's one hundredth fucking episode. And hey, you know what, man? Cheers to us. Yeah. Like, you you started this podcast, and you know. Following through with stuff you start, that's a that's a tough thing for us millennials to do, uh-huh. as baby boomers will say. As I'll say. Um, but no, man, I mean, you you and Tyler, and then, like, you brought me on, we just, like, soldiered through, and we made it to, like, one of the most pivotal points in the yeah. series. So we don't give ourselves props too much, but I think we should give ourselves props on this one. Fuck yeah. Ooh, that's so satisfying. As satisfying as the uh, champagne cork. <laughs> yes. Um, also for listeners, um, apologies for missing last week, um, but, um, just a couple, it was like minor life things, but like just enough to like, I wasn't feeling great on the day we were gonna record and like Jason had some shit going on so we couldn't reschedule and we were like, we can put it off for a week because it matters to us. That this episode is a quality episode. If it were fucking like bad eggs, I would have been like, yeah, come over and record. I don't care that I feel like <laughs> shit. You can take the lead. I'll just sit here <laughs> and just blow raspberries every once in a while so people know I'm still <laughs> This episode sucks. Um, but, um, uh, did I say, I, okay. You, I know, what's, you know what's really funny? Just on that note, I, um, a couple weeks ago, I, I think, like, while I was uh, doing my walk around the neighborhood, I decided to listen to um, one of our past episodes. And for some reason, I wanted to still listen to Where the Wild Things Are. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, <laughs> this is a really bad episode. Of Buffy. Uh, yeah, no, it's I, a really bad episode of Buffy, but we have a lot of fun with the uh, bad episodes. Um, can I, real quick, just ask, did I cite two minutes ago, Go Fish or Bad Eggs? I believe you said bad eggs. Okay, cool. 
I, that's what I thought, but I was like, I legitimately don't remember which of those two awful <laughs> fucking episodes I said. Um, and I'm glad I said that. It's because I feel like I go to the go fish well a lot. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of puns right there. I, I, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm right too, because that fucking episode sucks. But, um, but I mean, hey, you got to got, see Nicholas Brendan in a yeah, Speedo. It's got Wentworth Miller. Yeah. I love Whitmer. I love Captain Cold. So one time I was watching an episode of Legends of Tomorrow, which John does not watch with me, but he was like in the room and it was like a Captain Cold scene. And Whitworth Miller plays that character in a very like hammy way, but it's like great. It's like, it really Mm -hmm. is perfect for the character. But John was like, why is he talking like that? And I was like, because he understood the assignment, sir. (laughs) Like, his name is Captain Cold and he has a, he has a freeze ray. He gets what type of show he's in and he is giving the appropriate performance. That is true. (laughs) He he chooses that scenery like no other. Anyway. Yeah, we should talk about the episode, this yeah. fantastic episode. So we're going to start in a place we don't usually start, which is in the previously on. Because we watch the show um, most of the time on uh, my DVD set. The times when we like, uh, you know, we're going to be crunched for time and we still want to record the episode. Uh, Harrison obviously watches it on his DVD set. I don't have the DVDs. I watch it on Hulu. And Hulu actually does have the previously on uh, Um, segments. I did watch on Hulu one time, but that was specifically because I was watching it um, on my lunch break at work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was was literally watching, it was an Angel episode, I can't remember which one. I was watching, I was sitting there, I've got it on my phone, (laughs) which normally I wouldn't do, but I've seen these episodes enough that it's like, it's really okay. Um, But... uh, I made a point of us, I thought the previously on was going to be on the DVD for some reason, because it's a special one, but it's not. Um, But we watched it on YouTube afterwards, and it's a really simple previously on. It starts with a clip of Buffy, uh, quick clips of Buffy being introduced to Willow, to Xander. To Giles. To Giles, to Cordelia and Angel, which Mm -hmm. was a nice uh, addition. Um, And then... um, it's just a clip. Uh, it gradually gets faster till it's you can barely even register what the clips are unless you're a crazy person like me who's watched the show so many times that even like a split second, I'm like, oh yeah. I, well, <laughs> the, you know what the one thing, the one that stuck out to me the most in the really fast succession of clips? Giles' Halloween costume. <laughs> it's alive! Yeah. I saw that immediately. Like, oh, saw that. Loved it. Uh, but yeah, it's a single clip. And by the end, I'd imagine a single frame from every single episode of the show up to this point. Um, If you are just tuning in for the very first time on season five, episode 22, it's not going to be a particularly helpful previously on. Here's the thing, though. Like, um, Buff the Vampire Slayer was a pop culture phenomenon. Oh, yeah. And uh, I feel like similar to Lost... A lot of people tuned into the finale, even if they hadn't seen oh, like anything beforehand, because like, oh, let's see how it ends. Or those fucking people who like dropped out of Lost in like season three, but then had the audacity to watch the finale and be like, well, I called it. They were dead the whole time. Harrison, 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 Harrison. We're watching. We're talking about the gift. We're talking about the gift. I'm gonna flip this fucking table. Um. <laughs> 
I do. I just love this frequency on that. It, it feels it, like a great. bit of a love letter to and the show. As does the first scene of the episode, yeah, because right. you know. When last we saw the Scooby gang, they were basically coming to the conclusion that uh, the only way to stop the ritual once it's started is for Dawn to die. Yep. Um, we don't open with that, though. We open with an unidentified boy being chased by a vampire. I, I don't know if this is deliberate, but... Or, or maybe it was deliberate and the actor wasn't available, but were you not getting serious fucking Jonathan vibes from no, this at kid? First, at first, I thought it was Jonathan, and it's probably because of that shirt that he was, was wearing. That shirt. Uh, but yeah, like on further, on further review, I saw, like, as soon as, you know, we actually got a glimpse of his face, yeah. it wasn't Jonathan. I wonder if it was ever it meant to be Jonathan and either Danny Strong wasn't available or the they at some point in the process, rightfully decided that it being Jonathan would be too distracting. Also, I mean, the entire joke of the scene is that neither the kid nor the yeah. nor the vampire knows that Buffy is the vampire slayer. True. So Yeah, the scene just wouldn't work with Jonathan. It'd be it would. cool to see him, but No, but dude has a big Jonathan energy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that works. It really does work for the scene. So yes, he's being attacked by this Vince looking motherfucker. Don't worry, I'm sure I'm sure Jonathan will pop up sooner or later. Uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. I think I think Danny Strong's fine. I mean, didn't he just get like a didn't he create dope sick? Oh, did that, he? Really? That just I think I think so. That just got I mean, like a bunch of Emmy nominations. I be- I would believe it because he's an incredible writer. I mean, and he himself has won an Emmy for the um, yeah that HBO he, film. He created oh, uh, the the uh, latest like Emmy one of the latest Emmy nominees. Um, That's so dope cool. sick. Uh, and and in case you guys uh, don't know what that is, uh, I haven't seen it, but I read about it and kind of want to watch it. It's it is based on a. It is a miniseries on Hulu that is based on the nonfiction book Dope Sick, Doctors, Dealers, and the Drug Company that Addicted America. So talking a lot about opioids. Yeah. I didn't realize that was him. I, I love that I love Danny Strong's career. I'm just so happy for him. Oh yeah, him. no, I mean it's like, oh the <laughs> Paris's weird boyfriend from <laughs> Gilmore Girls is like all of a sudden just this like directing, writing, producing tour de force. Yeah. Good for him. Love it. Um, so yeah, he's he's attacked by this this vampire and um, he's wearing the stupidest fucking outfit. But... Well, again, yet another joke <laughs> the, from like the early episodes yeah. of Buffy because they would always say, "Oh, one of the best ways to like see a vampire is to see slightly out of date clothing." This was slightly out of date, which honestly, like, how Cordelia like didn't point out every single vampire <laughs> in the beginning. Maybe she did. She just didn't know what she was looking at. Yeah, she's just like, God, there are a lot of fashion backwards people yeah. in Sunnydale. I mean, that does actually sound like a line that she had. <laughs> I, I don't not not verbatim, but I, I'm sure there is a line in there about like people having no taste in Sunnydale. But yeah, this 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 scene, it's um, I always love it when uh, big episodes, particularly series finale episodes do like a slight homage to the beginning of the series mm-hmm. oh yeah um it, it's it's really good um sometimes it can be a little too much um i think uh one of the coolest ways that it was done was the finale for star trek the next generation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um basically like uh captain picard is uh traveling 
through three different points in time, the past, present, and future. And the past is conveniently enough um, the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, and they're able to like recreate a lot of the aesthetics of that yeah. fairly well. It's really cool. It's cool. Um, One I this, like. This is a. This seems like a nice, uh, nice yeah. homage to the spirit of that. One that I like is not a finale, but it's the opening of the final season. Is uh, Lost's final season, where it opens on the plane. Um, in what we will later learn is the flash sideways, mm-hmm. but that moment where they go through the turbulence and you're expecting to experience the crash, yeah, that's really good. And they really get good. through it, and it's like whoa. And you know, like um, the uh, the opening to the lost finale is fantastic. Be- Ooh, what's remind me of the- it, because it's like it's alternating between it. it's alternating between montages of them getting off the plane. Oh yes, and picking up their luggage while also preparing for the final battle, which is in itself. And then we're done on this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we love TV, guys. <laughs> in and of itself, is a bit of a callback to the season one finale, which all the flashbacks are dedicated to everyone getting on the plane, mm-hmm. uh, and it culminates in that beautiful montage of everyone actually boarding um i just gave myself fucking chills um god man i need to rewatch lost i'm 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 actually even though i just did a rewatch of it i'm like we're nearly finished with fringe we're like halfway through the final season and i'm like i've literally been telling john i was like we might be replacing fringe in like our dinner tv show with lost (laughs) um I have a bit of a story to tell you off mic about um, not the last Fringe episode we watched, but the one before that and John's well, reaction to it. Well, if it's about season five, I've never seen all season five the whole way through. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I um, I think like life just got in the way after I, I saw the first two episodes of season five. Oh my gosh. I'm really glad I didn't say what I was... Because what I was going to say was a massive spoiler for um, like just a couple episodes later. Um, anyway, this, yeah, this episode is, this scene is really great. It really hearkens to the spirit of it, of, you know, just Buffy in an alley, saving a damsel in distress. (laughs) I was trying to think of, there was a boy version of the word damsel, um, but dipshit, dipshit in distress. (laughs) Um, and I feel like it. I I want to take that back because that implies that dipshits and damsels are equal, and I don't like that. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but yeah, after she kills the vampire, she has some great quips too. She's just like, "Have you ever heard the phrase biting off more that you can chew?" Um, About oh god, my leg, my leg. <laughs> oh god, my leg. That one you've heard of. But yeah, after she. She kills the vampire. She's like, wow, it's been a long time since I met one that didn't know who I was. And this guy is just like, like, how'd you do that? You're just a girl. And she just has this really pensive look on her face. And she's like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. And it's just, even though it's like a nice throwback, we get the end of just like, oh, yeah, everything is literally the weight of the world is on her shoulders right now. And as we're going to see in this episode, she's doing everything she can to, also, to keep like, it together. Also, when was like the last time that a vampire was a threat on this show? I mean... That wasn't Spike. Yeah. And, well, and, even and, yeah, and that's, a, that's like a... Paper, he's just a toxic man. I but mean, you know... The closest, he, I think, would be Drusilla in Crush. Yeah. But, but you know, like, he's got... Um, 
Spike is Spike has got some good moments. Everybody's got some good moments yeah. in this. I'll say Spike and Xander both. We I, no notes this week. Um, maybe like don't fuck in the basement while you're trying to find something that'll help save the world. But I mean, on one hand, I agree, but I'm I'm actually not going to put that on Xander because we know who started. <laughs> it. We I, I I love her to death, but we both know that Anya was like, hey, while well, we're down here. Um, uh, so, uh, this leads us into our credits and then, um, back from credits, we are in the shop. We get just a brief kind of recap that, um, the, what we've already known. And also I'm going to say, thankfully, um, a bit of a clarification on things because in our weight of the world episode, we were having a bit of a debate over exactly what's going to happen because, um, I think the show was a bit guilty of dipping into some purple prose. Um, but here they really just like clarify the blood pours in a certain space at a certain time. All the walls between the worlds come down and things will bleed through. And then once the blood stops flowing, AKA once Dawn is dead, um, the walls go back up. So worlds are not eradicated or destroyed, but you know, mm-hmm. not good. Um, the brief clips, the brief things we see happen here in the short time the portal's open. You know, lightning and dragons. Lightning and dragons. Um, and yeah, Giles basically says, or he doesn't basically say, he says that if the portal opens, killing Dawn is the only way to stop it. Buffy doesn't see this as an option, mm-hmm. and Giles gets really upset. Like, yeah. the most... Probably the most upset we've ever seen him be with Buffy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just another walk in the park for Xander. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, we've seen him be disappointed in Buffy. We've seen him, but he like he yells at her. He says, she's like, we're not talking about this. And he stands up and he yells, yes, we bloody well are. And you see Buffy like, and she, her, she and, recovers and, from and, it quickly, but she... And remember guys, bloody may sound silly over <laughs> here, but... In in the UK, it is the equivalent of fuck. Yeah. So that's basically Giles saying, we fucking well are talking about this. <laughs> and that, you know, that has a bit more of a hit. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, yeah, this scene is, I mean, it's, it's intense. He explains, you know, she's like, you cannot tell me to kill my sister. And Giles is like, she's not your sister. And Buffy, I, I just, I love the way that Sarah plays this because she, she, she softens. I think when you, you expect her to attack and to fight and to like yell at him, she doesn't. She stops and she takes a moment and she just says like, yes, she is. She is my sister. She's more than that. She's, She's more than just the memories yeah. that the monks made. She was made from Buffy. Yeah. And it... And that, like... And if it hadn't been apparent already, that is why this is... Like, Dawn being in danger all this time has been so... Mm-hmm. Like, has been, like, the main focus of Buffy and why that has, like, driven her to, you know, going comatose, which... Willow does say, please don't go into another coma. <laughs> um, Xander asks, like, why is it a blood ritual? 
Why can't mm-hmm. it be a limp for a chihuahua? <laughs> it's actually really funny. It is funny. Uh, but, um, and uh, Spike is the one who says, like, you know, it's always blood. Blood is life, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And he also says, like, that's why vampires drink blood, because, you know, it helps us to stop feel dead. Yeah. Um, he, I hope they have it on here, because the line he has is just so good. He says, um, nope, they don't. Um, but he says, like, it makes you, uh, it makes you feel, it makes you alive, it makes you hard, it makes you, and it's like, and it's, you know, the first time I watched this episode, I was like, did he just say hard? Like, like boner. Boner? And yes, he is. And like, it's not like a giggly, it's not like a, ooh, he's talking about a boner. It is like, he's, he's describing all of these things that make us alive. And, and yes, sex is part of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not... Um, you know, not for everyone, obviously, um, you know, some people are asexual and that's, that's fine, but you know, sex is a part of life. Um, and, and I appreciate that the episode doesn't play that line as like, uh, who are you saying if he's talking about a boner? Um, I, yeah, I just, don't worry. He, he, he's got, he's got a, like a, a silly joke after this. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, Buffy says like, oh, I love all of you all, but I'm not killing Dawn and, and and Spike says, "When you say you love all of us, shut up." <laughs> um, so Buffy's description of you know Don is my sister. All this this does, you know, the disagreement hasn't ended, but it the the uh, the fight has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this uh, perks Anya right up, and she's like, "All right, great." So it sounds like what we really need to focus on is stopping the ritual before. It, before it starts, he's like, who's got ideas? No ideas are too bad. We're dealing and, with a god. And, and Think then, outside like, you the know, box. Giles and Spike are basically just like, Dicks. oh, you're, yeah, you're not, <laughs> you're like, you're not contributing anything except, like, unshared optimism. <laughs> but then, get, like, do you have any bright ideas? And she's like, how about the Dagon Sphere? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> how about the Troll Hammer? Yeah. She's like, I got two right off the bat, bitch. What have you got? Also, brief, uh, like, gentle retcon when she's like, Olaf the Troll God's hammer. It's like, I don't never... necessarily remember him being called a god. He was never, no, that was never established, but you know what? I don't even fucking care. Like, it's this so gives us good. like, yeah, this gives us like, uh, basically, Buffy getting to use Mjolnir. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> Chekhov's Dagon Spear. We've got Chekhov's Troll, Chekhov's Troll Hammer so far. Chekhov's Buffy Bot. Uh, Chekhov's Buffy Bot. We've got Chekhov's Xander's construction skills <laughs> and bowling and skills. Bowling skills. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of a lot of like great setup that Buffy just excels at in its in its finale yeah. episodes. Yeah, and I just love the idea of taking all these tools that they've collected over the course of the season that weren't even like it wasn't like this was like a season long like collect a quest to get the tools to fight to fight glory. Oh yeah, we I mean, just like. I'm not gonna lie. I forgot that they still had the Dagon Spear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I only remember that they had the Troll Hammer because I remembered, like, you know, the badass fight scene from this episode. Right. Um, Xander does come up with a possible solution to the situation, which is killing Ben. And it's it's a it's a deep moment for everyone because everyone kind of takes that moment of like 
That is an option. Can but, we do that? But like Xander does point out that he is like an innocent, not Dawn innocent, yeah. but he's an innocent. And yeah, like I can understand everybody's uh like hesitance to do that. Um, we got a lot of t- we got a lot to talk about Giles um, at the end of this episode because I, I feel like I've had like some thoughts about okay. about basically all of his actions in this episode. Okay. So, it feels like that's all going to culminate in that scene. Yes. So yeah. So let's let's gonna, let's save our I'm Giles gonna discussion. Pin, I'm going to put a yeah. pin in that for now. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Giles does basically point out though that it's like you know this close to the ritual. Let's assume it's glory we're dealing with. You know, I wonder if like any of them would have had any qualms if they found out that like Ben had decided to betray. Uh, dawn to glory but you know, know. Glo- uh, of all people glory's the one who's like hey he's just trying to live yeah which uh we will uh yeah mm-hmm. um also like i feel that a constant reminder at this point of just like how low things are is tara mm-hmm. and um at like you know because at this point she would probably also be trying to give a helpful idea only she can't. She can't. She like just randomly chimes in with uh with stuff, some of which is foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Uh like calling Giles a killer. Uh but um but yeah, so that's like a just another thing. And I like that they have that happening because obviously it heightens how important this is for Willow. Yeah. Um to restore Tara. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up Tara. Because we had um, uh, another debate that's been resolved for us, uh, it also in our Weight of the World episode, about how, uh, uh, about Amber and playing, like, Tara being mind-sucked and easy or hard. Uh, one of our listeners uh, on Instagram commented and shared an interview with Amber Benson, oh. where she talks about this. Um he said, just listen to this and we'll resolve one of your disputes. <laughs> like, one of your disputes. <laughs> we, have, we have so many. Uh, Amber Benson has said that she had to, she had so little to do while brain sucked that she wrote most of her movie Chance during these episodes, which she filmed at the end of season five, and that she occasionally fell asleep in some of the scenes because all she was doing was laying around in the background. Um, and then he provided, uh, this listener provides a link um, to the uh, so I guess to you were interview. right. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Notice how I'm like I'm bringing on what vindicates me. I'm like yeah. See, <laughs> set him right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many times have I been vindicated? <laughs> <laughs> what are you hiding from me, you asshole? <laughs> um, uh, uh, but then they say great podcast. Can't wait for the next one. The gift is probably the best constructed episode. Every sentence, every scene is there for a reason. So thank you, our uh, Instagram listener, ASDF2602, ASDF. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> ASDF, that is, um, that, is the, that is your left hand on the home row when you're typing. Oh, nice. Yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, I, and I love when we get things like that. So mm. listeners... No, we love your all's feedback. Yeah. And, you know... At Booze and Buffy. Yeah, I mean, even if, uh, even if you want to just say, like, you guys suck... 
<laughs> I mean, we may not love that. We'd be like, oh, hey, look, they're listening. They're hate. <laughs> they're hate listening to us. Those downloads still count. <laughs> um, so why don't we go over to Glory's Lair for a minute? Okay. Um, uh, ben just proving Giles wrong immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, and, um, you know... It's always fun to see Ben wearing clothes that are clearly made for Glory. <laughs> but once Glory emerges um, from, the, like, this outfit just looks so much better. Yeah. She, um... Be- ben is basically trying to comfort Dawn. And Dawn's like, fuck you. Really? I, I would be too. She tells him, he's like, I wish this didn't have to happen. And she says... I wish you would fall and hit your head and drown in your own barf. Yeah. But I guess we're not going to get what we want. <laughs> yes, Don! Don Savage AF. Oh my god, that is so good. I love a really specific insult. And that one, I hope you and, hit your and head. And you know, that's like when a specific insult from a teenager comes oh, out. Yeah. One, it hurts so much more. <laughs> so vicious. I mean, uh, I think My Chemical Romance said it best. Uh, teenagers scare the living shit out of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's she tells him she doesn't want to fucking talk to him. She says, change back into glory. Um, and, he, and does like, a get out, get out, get out, but replace <laughs> that with glory, glory, glory! <laughs> um, he does change back into glory, and glory is just like, Jesus, what the fuck are you yelling about? <laughs> And I just, I love seeing Ben's humanity f- bleed into Glory because it, one, it just gives Glory as a character new, like, new levels and gives Claire Kramer more to play with. Mm-hmm. So this scene where she's telling, you know, Dawn's like, Ben's a, like, Ben's a monster, at least, at least you're upfront yeah. about it. And she's like, hey, give him a break. He just wants to live. Yeah. And like, you know, as much as we love Claire Kramer being just flat out glorificus um i feel like if that had been her only thing throughout the season it would have made her incredibly one note yes and probably would make her less effective in these last couple episodes Mm -hmm. but the fact that they introduced that um that uh ben's humanity is causing her to like oh i i maim i don't kill yeah uh that is um that's so interesting like you said it it does so much more for the character and makes her much more compelling as we go into the episodes that are all focused on her yeah yeah absolutely um and i like the implication that even though the bleed through has been getting stronger based on her dialogue here it seems like it's always been there it's just only recently that it's been like becoming overwhelming for mm-hmm. her um and this is where you know uh buffy's she yeah as you mentioned she basically says like you know i could have killed her at any time uh i can't believe i wasted my time like lowering myself to that and don's like you know now buffy can fucking take you and that's when glory tells her he's like you know i know that she's not here you know, she and her cartoon pal. <laughs> she and her cartoon pal. <laughs> um, that just hits so hard because we so often refer to them as like the Scooby Gang. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- that being said, there was a small pilot for a Buffy animated series. Indeed, um, you can YouTube, you can search that up on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's 
it's almost everybody returning to voice their character. The only one who doesn't is Sarah, Sarah Michelle right? Gellar. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, um, but, but I, I do have to say, the uh, the actress that does uh, do Buffy is she kind of she she nails the mannerisms fairly well. Nice. That's good. That's what you want, though. Yeah. Like it's always awkward when it's like, okay, I can tell that that's not like that's <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so Glory tells Dawn, like, essentially, correctly telling, like, predicting the debate that's happening right now at the magic box. She's like, you know, if she does come... She may not be to save you. Not might yeah. Um, over at the magic box, Buffy is, uh, punching the punching bag. Yeah. This time it is not Puffy Xander. Um, and, uh... Giles comes in and he he apologizes to to Buffy um, for for the suggestion to kill Don. But you know he says you know like I've made a vow to protect this world and you know we have to make sacrifices and um, Buffy says you know they they come to an understanding if not an agreement because she says you know I I understand where you're coming from but I will not let anyone hurt Don. And, and then she just oh this scene is so powerful she says something that i'm sure all of us can relate to i don't know how to live in this world mm-hmm. um if if, these are the choices yeah, these are the choices that i have to make now obviously you know most of us probably don't have to uh worry about whether we need to kill our sister to stop a uh a ritual that'll like allow a god to return to her realm uh and bring forth an apocalypse but, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it can be, like, really rough days or, um, it, like, rough days of work. Like, oh, this is the job that I have to work mm-hmm. um, to, you know, like, be able to afford all my shit to, like, all my shit that I need to live. Yeah. Um, these are, like, and, you know, these are the commitments that I have to make. And these are the people that I have to leave behind when yeah. I make these commitments. So... Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, difficult. It's, yeah, it's rough. She references uh, killing Angel and becoming. She says that she it was it was the hardest thing she did had to do, but she knew it was right. Um, but now you know she's the more that she's going through all of this, all this just continual repeated trauma. Um, she's having a harder and harder time, um, and then she says the thing. That I think she's been thinking all season, but really, when she says it here, is I miss my, or I just wish my mom was here. Mm-hmm. And oh fuck, Sarah's yeah. got those big eyes going. <laughs> no, no, she does those big eyes so uh, well. No tears flowing, which is somehow more powerful. Just like because that's the thing, she's not gonna let herself cry. Um, and she tells him. Uh, she tells him about the the guide in the form of uh, Sinea telling her that death is her gift. She kind of resigns herself. She says, I guess I am just a killer. But if Dawn dies, I'm quitting. And, you know, Giles does say, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Um, and as usual, our, our, our dads always oh. seem to see something in us that our parents always seem to see something in us that maybe even we aren't aware of. It's... 
I mean, this episode is full of powerful moments, but I mean, this is really up there. Well, see. I mean, it, it, it's got to be full of powerful moments I mean, yeah. because, like, you know, I'm going to try not to say this too often, but this is, like, it was originally the last episode of the show. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, then, uh, uh, downstairs, don't worry, don't worry, friends, we get some levity. Um... Xander and Anya finish fucking. Yeah. Um, um, they're supposed to be looking for the Dagon Sphere, uh, but uh, they... Um, Dagon Sphere, man. Uh, they have a great moment where uh, Buffy... Um, they stumble across the Buffy bot. They do, the, it's but, like, has Buffy been watching us this yeah. whole time? But before the Buffy bot, they do have this moment of Buffy... Or he asks her if she feels more relaxed now. And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, well, it sounded like... And she's like, no, no, I came. She doesn't say it so much, but I had, like, I had the happy moment and then the, the and, calm afterwards. And that lasted about three seconds, and now I'm terrified again. And it's just... Yeah, I mean, I I hate to say this to the both of them, because I really do appreciate sex-positive relationships, mm-hmm. but there are some problems you just can't fuck away. True. <laughs> just true. Um, it does give me, it does uh, feel like maybe a bit of a throwback, um, possibly unintentionally, to um, Oz and Willow sleeping together in the season three finale. Because, um, you know. Or, you know, what was, uh, what was Xander doing during one of those apocalypses in the Zeppo? Yeah. He was getting nailed by Faith. Yeah. I mean, listen, if I am pretty sure that I'm going to die soon, I'm going to make sure I get one last fuck in. Well, <laughs> let's just say this isn't the last time that these two have that feeling. <laughs> Um, as yes, so as they're looking around for the sphere and having this discussion, um, they stumble past, stumble across the Buffy bot, uh, which startles Xander, and he's like, "I thought we melted that down." Anya's like, "Well, maybe Willow wanted it," and he, Xander's like, "No, <laughs> I don't think Willow's into Buffy that way." And Anya says, "To study," and he's like, "Oh, yeah." robotics science which, <laughs> i mean honestly in fairness we've seen willow talk more about being a lesbian recently than science recently so i mean <laughs> i wonder if if willow um floated that idea to tara <laughs> like hey and you know we we talk with buffy make sure that it's cool <laughs> like we, we make sure that everything's like uh, above, above the board, board. <laughs> Would you think they'd be, they'd be into that? <laughs> oh my gosh! I, mean, I, I don't know. It's like it's like a oh, how like you know your friends. You have like this bond with them. Like, is there a secret desire to like you know maybe have sex with some of your friends? Are you asking me, Jason? No, I'm not. Well, it's rude. Don't don't get me wrong. I think you're a very attractive man. <laughs> But, you know, it is clearly my heterosexuality that is preventing me from from uh, feeling that way towards you. Hmm. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Jason, um, you're straight. <laughs> um, Queer. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so they call each other perverts. <laughs> uh, and this is when, probably the funniest moment of the episode, Anya is startled. By something, she shrieks. She's like, oh my god, why would someone put this here? She holds up a bunny stuffed animal. 
But in all honesty, why would somebody put right? that there? Right? Why unless, is that down there? Unless, unless Giles just like needed it in case Anya ever like got on his nerves too oh much. My <laughs> oh my god! That's that, that's that's toxic workplace. If that's the case. <laughs> I, I will not accuse Giles of doing something like no. that. Uh, maybe it's like. But if anybody could push him to it, it would be Anya. No, it'd be Xander. <laughs> Maybe it's like a voodoo bunny doll that like, got shipped to him. Uh, maybe Willow put it down there when she was really pissed at Anya earlier in the season. <laughs> um, so, uh... I, I'm sorry, like, I just imagined Allison Hannigan be, like, during that, like, during, like, in-between scenes of the tr- of the troll episode, just be like, alright, Anya, have fun when you're doing this, when you find this during your inventory. <laughs> Um, so yes, she takes it as an omen, um, that they're all going to die, uh, and this is when, uh, Xander proposes. He popped the question! (laughs) And it's, uh, this scene is so romantic. Like, I appreciate- It is, it's not your traditional romantic. No. It's very much the romantic that only works with- Xander and Anya. Exactly. And which is why I think it's so romantic. Mm-hmm. It's so specific to their characters. Because yeah, she tells him, like, no, I'm not like you're only proposing because you think we're gonna die and you don't have to go through with it. And he's like, No, I'm proposing because I know we're going to live and I want to spend the rest of my silly life with you. And they come to a compromise that he will propose after they save the world. Um which is very sweet. But she does want to say yes. She does. She and she does say yes, and then she says no. <laughs> she she goes. She, she has a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> um, well, this is the episode to have that. Yeah. Back upstairs, um, Buffy's like, you know, what do you have? Uh, to Willow is like, what what do you have? What are your think your thoughts? And she's like, I can't. It's like, Willow, help. you're my big gun. Yeah, and she explains. She's like, Willow, don't you know that you're the strongest person here? And Willow's like. No. <laughs> but Buffy's right. She's the only person who's been able, up to this point, to successfully hurt Glory. We have seen her power grow tremendously, even just over the course of this season. Um, and um, Willow tells her, she's like, you know, I've been thinking about it, but I've been focused on Tara, and I know that's not what's important right now. And Willow, Buffy's like, no. That's exactly what you should be focused on. Um, But this is when Willow explains that she's got an idea. If she can get close enough to Glory, she might be able to restore Tara's sanity. And and that could also potentially weaken Glory. glory. Um, And this, and you know, they need every advantage they can get. They fucking do, my friend. Um, At this point, Buffy is called over to um uh Giles Xander and Anya. Yes. And they tell her something and she um which presumably is about the Buffy bot. Because all, all we hear is she's like, no thanks for telling me that could be vital. Um and San- Giles they're having a very cryptic conversation. They're once you know what the episode is, is essentially, hey we could use the Buffy bot as a distraction. I should go grab some clothes to put her in. And I guess some weapons too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, this leads to uh, she has uh, Spike come with her to the house. Did you want to talk about uh, the uh, the Willow and Tara moment? Oh yes, of course. Um, they um, uh, Tara basically. Well, they find yeah. They, they realize, <laughs> yeah, they realize that um, one like Tara's going to be able. Tara's like linked to, mm-hmm. um, to like, like the glory, glory yeah, yeah, like all those people that glory is attacked and drained. So uh, they like she keeps saying how she has to be there for the big day, and so they're like, okay, this is how we're going to find Dawn. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Willow does say, like, oh, I think I can, like, help make you better. And then, like, Tara slaps her, calls her a bitch, and then, like, immediately just has this, like, look of sadness on it. And it's, like, Willow is basically, like, uncertain throughout her entire conversation with Buffy. But when this happens and she's, once again, sees, like, what what Gloria's done to Tara, that's when she, her resolve is just... Mm -hmm. Steal. She's like, yeah, fuck yeah. this. I'm it's like, not, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And, um, oh, it's, it, it, I know we were just joking about like Amber Benson falling asleep on set. Yes, she has less to do than normal. Um, but she makes these moments really powerful. Mm-hmm. Like that moment where she slaps her and then like the look on her face after that, like the moment passes is like, you can see Tara in there like trying to get out and it's oh i hate it um but it's also really good television (laughs) um back at glory's lair um uh there's a really really powerful shot they've forced dawn to change into these robes um, and we cut to her she's folded her clothes and put them neatly on the chair and she's like putting her shoes under the chair and it's just it's such a striking image of you know i don't know if it's if it's her clinging to a sense of normalcy or a sense of control it kind of came across it kind of came across as a little bit of resignation or oh yeah um because you know glory has pointed out that buffy hasn't shown up and you know as much as dawn says oh buffy can kick your ass Buffy's ass has been the one that has been kicked. Yeah. Repeatedly. Um, so, um, they, her minions grabbed on, they drag her off to a big ass tower being constructed by Glory's mind suck victims. And I did like, you know, when they asked Tara to like lead them to (laughs) where Glory is, I get that that, that makes sense, but honestly, if and I just looked around for something that didn't belong, <laughs> um, maybe look at the tower. So they're crunched for time. They're crunched know, for time. You know, and I, it just makes me think of um, in Buffy versus Dracula when uh, I think it's Riley and Xander, maybe Riley and no, it's Riley and Giles go to like Dracula's like castle, and Riley's like, I lived in Sunnydale a couple years. You know what I've never seen is big ass castle i'm having that like never noticed this giant rickety tower before i'm sorry but like it's so weird that you bring up buffy versus dracula because that was the first episode of this season i know and 
It's bonkers town. It really is. <laughs> Don was barely in that episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, over at Buffy's house, they arrive. Buffy goes inside, but listeners, you may recall that Spike was uh, uninvited from the house. Because he was being a creepy fuck. Yeah, he was being such he was, a he was toxic stealing. Man. He was stealing her clothes and taking pictures of her. It was not cool. And chaining her up to be devoured by his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think he did that like while she was in her house. No, that is okay. <laughs> I know, but I'm just—I'm talking about like the creepy shit he did in her house. Fair enough, fair enough. But that he, was he can imp- still like kidnap her when she's not in her house. But that was the—that specifically was the impetus for the DM fight spell. Was the whole Drusilla Harmony situation? Mm-hmm. Um, but Buffy. <laughs> so it just makes me think about harmony's wearing our theory about harmony's wearing buffy's oh, yeah. clothes in in their episode of angel it's not uh, no it's super plausible it's, it's pretty plausible <laughs> um so he stands at the threshold and he's like you know you could just hand the weapons over to me and she invites him inside and um it's, it's a very powerful scene between the two of them. He tells her, um, you know, he tells her, like, you... Well, first she says, we're not all going to make it out of this. Yeah. I feel like um, she's always, uh, she can always be more blunt with Spike, whether, you know, it's of an insult or... The truth. Um, yeah, the truth. Which, you know, sometimes her insults are the truth. <laughs> yeah. But, but you're right. She doesn't feel the need to soften her blows with Spike. Partially because yeah. she doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, and she does say, like, uh, we're not all going to come back from this. And I need you to look after Dawn mm-hmm. if um, if I don't make it back. Which, I know you said uh, they go to the Summer's house to do that. But I also feel like... Um, and, you know, Dawn could have done this, but... I feel like her inviting Spike in is another way of making sure that Dawn has some protection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah. Um, It's a great scene. And Mm -hmm. shock of shocks, they are good. They perform it well. (laughs) Believe it or not, James Marshall and Sarah Michelle Gellar, they may have something They may. But uh, yeah, and he does say, like, as she's going upstairs, he does say, um, I know you never love me, but you treat me like a man. Yeah. And oh gosh, yeah, like what a if that was like truly the end of their story, I would have been satisfied with it. Yeah, um, there is a lot of ways in which this episode is a satisfying series finale. Um, I will say, I'll when we get to the end of it, I'll talk about why I'm glad it's not yeah. the series finale because I think. Uh, while I don't think the actual series finale is as strong an episode as, as this, and it has some issues, I prefer where the show ends. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, back at the magic box, sundown is approaching, um, and they know basically it's time for them to go. Willow encourages uh, um, Tara... To, to go where she's supposed to go. 
as she leaves. Um, Where you leave, <laughs> I will follow. Uh, less heartwarming. Um, <laughs> she points at Giles and she just says, you're a killer. Um, I wonder what that could refer to. I believe that is a one, two, three, foreshadowing. <laughs> um, so Willow's going to follow closely behind, but not too close. And the gang will be behind her. And then uh, she tells everyone, you know, we stop the ritual. Anyone goes near dawn, I'll kill them. And uh, uh, Giles says it's, or no, Spike says it's hardly the St. Crispin's Day speech, uh, which is from Henry... Henry V. Henry V. Oh, excuse me. Thank you. And yeah, because that's like the speech that he gives on St. Crispin's Day. Well, I, I mean, like, that's like the... Uh, it's like the... Uh, it's like right before the battle. Yeah, it's got the... Uh, damn it, what is the what is the famous line? I always forget that famous line. Um, the one that they quote in this episode, or...? No, no, like the okay. one... Henry V, uh, St. Crispin's Day speech. It's, it's like... Um, I, I feel like there was a... Um, there's like a famous line that's always like uh, associated with Hen- with Henry V, and I'm blanking on it now. Keep going, and I'm okay. gonna find it. Well, the the quote that they have is uh, Giles starts it, and he says, uh, "We few, we happy few." Spike ends it with a bastardization of the real line, which is "We band of brothers." Uh, famous HBO miniseries, Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he's he ends it with "We band of buggered." Um, <laughs> and it's 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 a nice gallows humor like it is funny but it's also just like that's you know everyone is feeling their the the doom the potential doom of this what they're what they're going into once more into the breach dear friends ah yes I was ah. Like, it's like dude it's like this really famous quote <laughs> and i could not remember it i think that's part of the or maybe like that's maybe the St. Christmas Day speech happens and then like they have a battle and then he goes back in and says Possibly. much more to the breach. But yeah, that's like the famous quote that I was trying to remember. Um And yeah, this uh this finale just has a different going into this final battle. I'm I'm just I'm thinking through of I've each finale going into the final battle. Se- season one finale is going into it is very upbeat you know before that we have Buffy's death quote unquote but the actual going into the final confrontation with the master is a power walk of Buffy in her white dress and leather coat uh, flanked by Angel and Xander set to the fucking theme music Mm -hmm. I mean it's such a fucking fist bumper Um, the final confrontation between Angel and Buffy is a very empowering moment of Buffy grabbing that sword. Also, just the overall sword fight's fucking awesome. Yeah, all of that. The battle with the mayors. So, another fist-bumping moment when they rip off their robes. And it's like, all of these are kind of like cheer-worthy moments here. Um, and even the um, uh, primeval, the final confrontation with, with Adam's a little underwhelming, but we're going in with a sense of like, we have the plan and we're going to win. And, you know, we become the Megazord. This is, you know, like but all of our characters are in a place where they are not expecting to survive this. Well, and because 
there are several reasons for it, and I think um, some of the big ones are one, this is the lowest that they've been. Yeah. Um, and two, Glory's a god, and they're all kind of resigned to the fact that they can't kill Glory. So basically, they're like, you know, all those other fights are like, oh, we need to take, like, I need to take out Angel. I need mm-hmm. to, like, we all need to take out the Master. This, their, like, plan is just to, like, stay alive. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, and like, and that's, that's, that's a bleak sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and yeah, their, yeah, their whole plan is stop the ritual from being started because it has a small window. They don't have a plan to stop Glory. I, I don't think anyone says it. But I do think they all kind of have this thing of, well, even if we stop the ritual, Glory will probably, you know, we'll have saved the world, but Glory will probably kill us from re- out of revenge. Which and we uh, can't Giles do does make a uh, yeah. bit of an allusion to at the end of the episode. Exactly. So, um, and I feel like the show has really earned this mm-hmm. level of, of doom. Um, they... Uh, they arrive at the the tower. They send Tara in. Um, and she immediately is spotted by Glory, who's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and then Willow pops up and says, she's with me. And then puts her hand, puts both of her hands, like one hand into Glory's head and one hand yeah. into Tara's head. And there's just some sparks flying, baby. And I know, I know I'm really... Now I'm just contradicting what I was just saying, but like fist pumping, fist pumping, <laughs> because she, what she does is clearly agonizingly painful for for all three of them. But yeah. like, I mean, it's it's not shocking that it's painful for Willow and Tara, but we, it, Glory is also clearly in agony, and that blasts all three of them like across the fucking every which direction. I love them. <laughs> I love when Glory's getting up and she's like, what did that witch do? And, and like one of the servants is like, you still look wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love them so much. Um, she's, yeah, Glory is having trouble maintaining her composure. She's woozy. She's, um, she's starting to repeat some of what we were hearing Tara say earlier. And then Willow looks at Tara and... Tara says, Willow, and she's back. She said that she was so lost, and Willow says, I'll always find you. Gay. No, it's really sweet. (laughs) It can be gay (laughs) and sweet. (laughs) Unlike me. (laughs) I'm one of those. Um, um, Buffy confronts uh, uh, Glory and uh you're getting all woozy she's all woozy she's all weird and she's like what did that witch do to me and buffy's like uh she's like actually it's this and pulls out the dagon sphere and she's like this was made to repel you so you probably shouldn't touch it and uh she throws it at her will buffy just kind of glory just kind of uh, instinctually grabs it as one does if something is thrown at them, um, and it also we see her in like severe agony. Um, she's able to break it pretty quickly, but based on her performance in the fight that we see, it it does seem like it did significant damage and mm-hmm. it has brought her down to more or less Buffy's level. Yeah, I think still a little stronger, but and, and then Buffy. Buffy starts fighting Glory. Yeah. Or at least it's 
who we think is Buffy. Because Glory kicks Buffy's head off. <laughs> and then we get probably the funniest line in the entire episode. We're just saying something because there are a couple of good singers in this yeah. one. But like, which is, the Slayer's a robot. Did, did, everybody, did anybody else know this? <laughs> big, <laughs> big alien vibes. Ash is a goddamn robot. Like, uh, and actually a similar situation. Because alien 3. Uh, no, in the first Alien. Well, no, I was going to say like an Alien 3. To, or no, um, Alien 4. Alien Resurrection, which we just watched, had, oh, the, had that moment. The reveal that calls, calls the robot. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more of like that... Uh, just because it's more similar visual, because they discover that Ash is a, is a robot, an android, sorry, a synthetic, um, by knocking his head off too. Um, you know what? Any any android reveal in any alien film. I mean, and you know, Bishop gets his head knocked off as well. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then the head comes back for just a little bit in yeah. Alien Three. Ooh, we, we've worked our way through that franchise. We have, um, and it's been very enjoyable, even though much like this. Alien 3 was quite bleak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, uh, while this is going on, uh, Giles, Spike, and Anya are attacking the minions in an attempt to break through and get up the tower to get Dawn. Uh, there are too many of Spike's them. got his vampire abilities. Anya's got a baseball bat, <laughs> which she is... Um, she is not holding, holding very well. It, well, see, here's the thing, though. The way she's holding it, she's holding it in the middle, which is going to lose her power, but it's going to give her better, um, better accuracy. Okay. So, and I feel like in this sort of melee, accuracy is going to be more important than just raw power because if she's just swinging, there's a good chance she could get Giles. She could get Spike. There's a very good chance. (laughs) I mean, Spike does take a brick to the head. (laughs) That is so fucking funny. The brick to the head is so so slapstick. They're they're, they're hiding hiding because, like, you know, they got overwhelmed. And they're like, oh, is it still pretty bad out there? Spike puts his head up and just gets a brick right to the face. And it doesn't even hurt him. It just annoys him. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, while they're hiding and Willow and Tara are reuniting, uh, and Buffybot's head has come off, R.I.P. Buffybot, um, <laughs> Buffy comes out dressed in, as uh, Jason uh, learned from the, uh, Buffy Wiki. the Buffy Wiki and pinged the memory for us, is the same outfit she wears in I Will Remember You. And I've always liked this costume change that they do. Um, Because it's a lot softer. It's really appropriate for her scene with Dawn in the tower. And I, uh, at the tower, and I, much more appropriate than what she was wearing before, which is what the Buffy bot ends up wearing. And there's a part of me that wonders if the inclusion of the Buffy bot, if there was like a, we want her in something softer for the scene. We don't want her in leather um, for this really emotional scene between the two sisters. And maybe that was their way. But like, how do we justify her doing a costume change while all of this is going on? Um, but regardless, it, it works. But she, um, she tells Glory that she's not the brightest god in the heavens. 
and then starts fucking wailing on her with that hammer. Yeah. And this leads this to is such a cool fight. This is, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a fight that's better than this. That isn't the that isn't the sword fight between uh, Buffy and Angelus. And I honestly can't think of the one. The only other one I would put up there is the um, the Faith and Buffy fight. Oh in yeah, Graduation Day Part One. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, but, but no, like, and you know, I think I'd still put this above that because yeah. they. They get onto the tower, um, and they are... Because, you know, Buffy is trying to make her way up to Dawn. Yeah. Dawn sees that Buffy's down there and, like, yells, I'm up here. So she's trying to, like, get up there. And so he, they're on this tower that's full of, like, construction material and mm-hmm. everything. And it allows for, like, as you said when we were watching the episode, such cool choreography. Yeah. Like, we haven't had a fight like this in the series. No. And because there's levels, there's yeah. you know they're pulling each other down and like it's yeah they're, they're swinging so, on chains and yeah. stuff like that. It's so cool. It is and so Buffy's got cool. the hammer as well. Yeah, it doesn't have quite the emotional impact of the Buffy Faith fight or or the Buffy Angelus fight, but it what it lacks in that it makes up for in this really unique setting. Which allows for really unique fight choreography, um, and it could, because like the sword fight and the Buffy Faith fight are pretty standard as far as fights on the show go, as like as far as choreography goes. But we're really invested because of the relationship between these two characters. Here, we're less invested in Buffy and Glory's relationship, and more invested in can Buffy get to Dawn in time, mm-hmm. um, which helps the stakes of this fight. But it, the fight is just elevated because of this really cool and unique setting of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, they put money in this episode. Well, I mean, I again, <laughs> again, it, it, it kind of was important. Yeah. Um, they, uh, unfortunately, though, uh, Buffy does not make it up to Dawn. She is knocked off of the tower. Um, but she manages Glory to take her. Glory down with her. Um, she, uh, meanwhile, uh, we see Willow. Using a skill we've not seen her use before, uh, she contacts Spike uh, telepathically from across the battlefield. Um, as we mentioned, they've been kind of driven back behind this tank thing, mm-hmm. and they they can't break through. There's too many of them. Um, and uh, Spike Willow tells Spike to go and he's like what and she's like go he starts to run willow and tara Basically, grab hands. so so like um there's not just the minions there but also like all the people that glory yes. has attacked and they're all like blocking the stairwell up the tower yeah. and then yeah as he's running they grab hands and that they, that that red sea parts mm-hmm. um which is callback. a very beautiful callback to the very first spell that uh willow and tara ever did when you know they both realized oh hey you can do magic too <laughs> I, I love you're that. gay too <laughs> <laughs> um, i love that it's so good it's so good and um 
yeah, Spike starts to make his way up the tower. Good thing, too, because despite Glory not making her way up there, we learn that she had a backup plan because she is form, nothing if not prepared. In the form of Broadway and films, <laughs> Joel Grey. I am so perplexed by the casting of Joel Grey as this character, but... I love it. I, do, I just like, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't know why, but I'm always so, just like, okay, is Joel okay, Grey? Okay, question. Yes. Is Joel Grey gay? Yes. Okay. I was going to say like, maybe if he had kids who were fans of Buffy and they're like, and you know, maybe he does have he, like, um, well, he does have kids. He does? Okay. He has a very famous daughter, um, Jennifer Grey of uh, Dirty Dancing. No shit. Shit. Wow. Yes, okay. shit. I, I didn't know that. Hold um, on. And now I'm like, I now I'm gonna go confirm because I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, is that true? That, I, I'm pretty sure that's right. And um, um, I, and I apologize if anybody like uh, took offense at like um you know, uh, me implying that like gay people can't have kids. Um, I was it was more just like you know it wasn't as common at the time yeah. uh, of Joel Grace time. Um. Uh. Yeah. Jennifer Grey is one of his uh, is one of his kids. He also has a son named James, who is a chef. Oh, nice! That um, you gotta, you gotta love having a chef in the family. But uh, it's pretty nice. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't come really come out until uh, twenty fifteen. Okay, um, all right. See, I didn't. I don't know too much about Joel Grey. So, uh, but yes. Gay people are, of course, can have children. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, nice little backtrack. Hey, 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 I'm just... That's okay. I'm no, trying I, to be... Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate but you. Maybe maybe Jennifer Grey was a huge <laughs> Buffy fan. Or maybe Joel was. Maybe Joel was like, get me on fucking Buffy. <laughs> I want to play a weird lizard like, guy who works for this fabulous bitch. <laughs> like... Honestly, it's a dream role for a Broadway leading man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Spike makes his way uh, up to the tower uh, where he finds Doc about to start the ritual in Glory's place. And Doc's like, yeah, okay. And makes pretty short work of Spike. Yeah, stabs him in the back and then throws him off the tower. Yep. Poor dude. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, I know he's got, like, vampire resilience, but that was a long fall. And he landed right on a pile of bricks. <laughs> um, so instead of it hitting him like a load of bricks, he... <laughs> the load of bricks got hit like it was him. Yeah. Um, back down below, uh, Buffy and Glory get back to their fight, and Buffy just starts fucking going to town on glory with this hammer like at this point glory's done she cannot get any more hits in um she knocks her down one last time and just gets like five or six more hits into the fucking face yeah glory's face is bloodied yeah when we next see her and yeah because the show isn't on hbo we don't see the fights <laughs> actually we don't see those uh Hammer strikes actually hit, yeah. but you can imagine. And um, she tells Buffy uh, in what is Glory's last line uh, here in this episode is, you don't understand, you're only mortal. Which is really poignant. Like, I don't feel bad for her necessarily. She says, you don't understand my pain, you're yeah. only mortal. Yeah. And, 
and that and then Buffy says I'll have to settle for causing oh, yeah, it. Yeah, I'll have to settle for causing it. Um, uh, but yeah, and like she's about to like, you know, just keep wailing on him and uh that's when she changes back into Ben and uh she's like, I don't have time for you. Yeah. She walks away and Giles appears. Well, um that's when uh um like Ben does say, Guess we're stuck with each other. Oh yeah. Then Giles appears and does probably one of his most controversial things in the series, yeah. um, character-wise. Um, and he just kills Ben mm-hmm. then and there. Um, and he says, he says, like, he does tell Ben, like, you know, um, Ben says she could have killed me. He says, no, she couldn't have. Yeah. Oh. Um, he's like, yeah, because, you know, Buffy can't take a human life. Uh, it's like, um... It's like how uh, how freaked out she was when um, when Faith killed that uh, yeah. killed him. God, I forgot his name now. Uh, the deputy mayor. Yeah, who um, <laughs> was really into Kathy. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, that freaked her out. Um, and uh, he says like, "Oh, she'd never take a human life." And um, but you know, granting that mercy, uh, Glory would one day reemerge, and you know pay back Buffy for that and um but you know she's she's a hero she's not like us and he's like like us and then he smothers him smothers him so here's the thing about this uh (laughs) honestly at first when I saw this um I thought this whole episode apart from the heart to heart that Buffy had with him in the like the training room that Giles seemed a bit out of character. He mm-hmm. seemed a lot... It seemed like uh, he was a lot darker than usual. Um, he was obviously like, oh, we have to talk about, like, you know, protecting the world, even if it means killing Dawn. Um, he, like, yells at Buffy and everything. And it it is very dark. Um, and then, of course, like, it all culminates in yeah. this. I think that there are two main things that two main motivations behind this one you did obviously like take a vow to protect this world but two i think what he's seen he's seen buffy go through so much he's seen so many things that have happened to buffy this this year alone that he couldn't help with he couldn't prevent and i think he just got tired of his daughter being a victim of mm-hmm. this life that she has been forced into. And so I think like he saw the opportunity to relieve some of that suffering, prevent some of that suffering that he couldn't do all this season. And that's why he did it. It's, it's very, um, it's very dark. And like, mm-hmm. obviously it comes from like a place where like, Oh, I'm doing this for Buffy. But uh, you know, it's also like, Oh shit, Giles went there. Yeah. I also think he's doing it to protect Buffy from having to do it. So I think if if he had let Ben live, if if for whatever reason Glory they stop the unfortunately, it does seem like the only way to stop Glory is to kill Ben. Sucks for Ben. But like this is a, I would say. Now, do you wonder? Do you wonder if like they they had that whole 
been giving Dawn back to glory thing in the last episode just to uh just like maybe sour the viewers a little more towards Ben. Possibly. But I also they also go out of their way to make sure that there's dialogue to yeah. literally Glory says, like, don't be so hard on him. Yeah, so I know, definitely think yes. In all fairness though, we do have a we do have a we do live in a world where people still defend Walter White, so well, well. Um But yeah, I know I definitely think that was part of it. It's just to, you know, soften this blow a bit, but I, I mean, I do think it is the, eventually the choice is going to have to be made to kill Ben. I, I really do think that is the case. And I think Giles is saying, I'm going to, I'm the one who's going to make the choice. I'm not going to put Buffy in this position mm-hmm. where she's going to be endangered by glory and be forced after all of this stuff she's been through to make this decision that I don't want her to have to make. Um, Because, I I mean, I do think eventually Buffy would get to that place. Yeah, I mean, the fact that she's been pushed so far. And there's just... They've proven that there's not really anything else that can be done to stop her. So, sorry, Ben. (laughs) um, But, yeah, um, Doc uh, does do the shallow cuts on Dawn. Shallow cuts. so creepy um and uh as buffy's getting up there and uh he says like oh this should be interesting and buffy just throws him off the tower yep (laughs) bye doc (laughs) like he she made even quicker work of him than he made of spike (laughs) yeah and it's the right choice it's a funny beat but it also is just like this doesn't matter yeah he needed to be there to start the ritual now he needs to be out of there very very similar to uh i believe it was the was it the first or second episode of Firefly when, uh, when like, uh, that one guy's like holding, I think Simon hostage or something. And, uh, he like Mal, it's the first episode of Firefly mm. and, uh, Mal walks in and he's like, Oh, good to see you, captain. I hope you're ready to Mal just shoots him in the head and yeah. keeps going like that. It had very much had that feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so <sighs> portal is open. The, uh, I'm gonna put, well, find the quote. Gosh, it, so, uh, so yeah, so Buffy does go and like, you know, she thinks that she saved Dawn, but like, as she's like hugging Dawn, like you can see the blood coming down mm-hmm. and like it drops onto, uh, it kind of just stops in midair. Yeah. Like there's a surface in midair, and then you get this really cool effect of like this portal opening. Yeah. And, um, and it's very similar to, to Becoming, mm-hmm. where, you know, the, it's, it's opening behind them, uh, where in that it was opening behind Angel. But um, before I get into the scene, I want to talk about the music real quick, because Christoph Beck um, has returned to score this episode. He's not been the, um, he's not been the composer for the show since season three, I think. Um, or no, since the end of season four, um, they had they have a diff, they had a different composer for season five, but he did come back to um compose this episode, and he also uh will have he came back for um once more with feeling in season six to compose um the incidental music of that mm-hmm. episode. 
But I've been missing his music because the music in this episode and in this scene in particular, um, it's right up there with uh, the Buffy and Angel theme as far as yeah, the pieces um, of music go. I, I especially enjoyed uh, when Buffy said that, like, I wish my mom was here mm-hmm. and there was like yeah. a, a nice theme to that as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, and I'm glad that, uh, he returned to score this episode. Um, but yeah, the portal's opening and we see like the consequences of it immediately. We see, um, lightning is zapping everywhere. Um, it, uh, hits some of the tower and the debris falls on Anya after she pushes mm-hmm. Xander out of the way. Um, the ground starts cracking open. Spike barely avoids falling in. It hit uh, some lightning hits like a building. It looks like maybe City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns into this like gross fungusy thing. Yeah. Um, a portal opens up and a fucking dragon flies out. Uh, we see some like alien esque motherfuckers, uh, like little pale guys with alien foreheads. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dawn tries to push back Buffy. She's like, I know what I have to do. I know that it won't stop until the blood stops. Glory told me how it worked. So she's going to jump into the portal. Yeah. And that's when Buffy puts all the pieces together. We get some flashbacks of Spike's explanation of how blood is life. Uh, you know, this it's Summer's blood. They made her from me. And then, of course, most importantly, death is your gift. And we finally see what that means. Yeah, she. Um, I've got the. I've got her speech to Dawn here, but I'll, I'll describe what happens first. Mm-hmm. Um, because we see we see her talking to Dawn. We don't hear right away what she says, and then she turns, and she jumps, and into a a, a nice nice little Christ pose. Um, and she falls into the portal, and um, it's it's very obvious that it is the portal that is killing her, um, and it looks painful. Um, and once she dies, uh, it closes, all the portals close, and we see her body laid out, the Scoobies um, gather around her, um, Willow. And, and it is very important to note that uh, right before, like, as Buffy is like looking at the portal, she does see the sun starting to yes. rise. Yes, um, it's always darkest before the dawn. And uh, you know, it's something that I didn't notice the first time I watched it because I was always wondering why everybody was standing up around Buffy's body, but Spike wasn't. And I thought that, like, it was like, oh, he's in agony. But then I, I didn't realize until this time, like, oh, he can't stand up because if he does, he'll get burned by the sun. Oh, yeah. Like, he he literally has to, like, stay ducked in the shadows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone, I mean, Willow, the, the two most vocally uh, distraught we see are Willow and Spike. Um, but everyone is different levels of, I wouldn't say different levels of grief, but different levels of emoting that mm-hmm. grief. And we get in voiceover what Buffy tells Dawn. Okay. You're going to make it? I'm going to make it. She says, Dawn, listen to me. Listen, I love you. I will always love you. But this is the work that I have to do. Tell Giles. Tell Giles I figured it out. And I'm okay. And give my love to my friends. 
You have to take care of them now. You have to take care of each other. You have to be strong. Dawn, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Be brave. Live for me. And we end on a shot of Buffy's tombstone that reads Buffy and Summers, 1981 to 2001. Just a reminder there that this is a 20 year old girl. <laughs> Beloved sister, devoted friend, she saved the world. A, a lot. God, I already cried when we watched it. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I can't imagine what it was like watching this live. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, in my head, like when I was first watching this, I was watching it on uh, my friend Ben's DVDs. And, uh, and like, I knew that there were still two more seasons left. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I guess she has to come back from the dead. Um, it was very, but uh, yeah, I was still a little shocked that like, oh, it just ends with her dead. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And then when I eventually found out that like, this was meant to be the series finale, I thought, and I know you want to talk about this as well. I'm like, it's, it's a tad abrupt. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I love the entire thing leading up to it, but then just the shot of her, of her tombstone, like. Can you imagine that being the final shot of the series? Right. And it's it's hard to I guess I'll just get into what I was saying earlier about about that. It's on one hand, it is it's almost hard to even say because it just I have hindsight. I know how the show actually ends. Um so it's like hard to be like how much of my knowledge of what comes is clouding what I'm saying here. But, like, I agree with you that it does feel abrupt. I think it's a beautiful episode. And, you know, there's a chance that in another universe, it, the show was only five seasons, and this is how it ended, and it's, like, lauded as the best series finale of all time. But to me, I'm, like, I love it so much, but I'm also glad it's not the end because I don't want this to be the end for Buffy. I think it's powerful, but I don't necessarily think it's the right ending for her as a character. And it also... Frankly, and it doesn't feel like a spoiler to say this, I do feel like we leave a lot of characters in the middle of their character arcs. Mm -hmm. Now, once again, how much of that is me knowing what's coming? Yeah, um, but as we've been saying throughout, we did get like, um, we did get, uh, I don't know, like Hannibal season three-esque. This this could be like, yeah, this could be like, this could serve as a finale because you had like, um, Buffy and Spike finally, like, you know, finding themselves on level ground. You had um, Willow and Tara reunited. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, like, they were planning on doing with uh, Xander and Anya, um, because it does kind of seem like, it, it does seem kind of weird to imply that she was dead, but however, she, like, she is clearly moving and alive yeah. at the end of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Giles, um, he like kind of Buffy sacrificed her life. Giles sacrificed his soul, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, and and you know Dawn, and I could easily see like uh, Dawn being like, uh, "Oh, you're 
like you're taking my spot in this group of people now Mm -hmm. um so it's not like it's without it's not like it leaves you hanging yeah it's more just like fairly abrupt and still a good conclusion yeah especially to like everything that happened in the story so far but uh but yeah like i mean you know you I think I can't use a better word than abrupt yeah. because it just does kind of seem to like end. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what shocked me. Yeah. And I would say, I think the actual series finale finishes instead of ending. Do you know what I mean? Like the yes. distinction I'm trying to yes. make between those two. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does like close out a big chapter yeah. of the main character's lives try to do this without any spoilers no 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 um but yeah and it feels um, like a complete story has been told yeah but this is the better episode than that absolutely uh um so since i was debating whether i was going to do this in this episode but i feel like it's we haven't gone too long it's a relatively standard yeah and you know we were planning on i mean this episode was going to be like a little longer anyway so we're going to talk about real quick the kind of the timeline not the timeline necessarily but this this being essentially the wb series finale before the show moved to upn and how about that happened because i've learned some new stuff i'm very interested in hearing yeah. this so the kind of common knowledge is is that the show was canceled by the wb and then picked up by upn right and i was like oh i wonder like where that happened what started me on this journey of like um like when did that happen did they know it was going to be the end of the show did viewers know well i did mention like that i think i mentioned it while on like on like while we were recording Mm -hmm. that they there was the advertisements that existed that like advertised this as the series finale alongside the season finale of angel Mm -hmm. so the show was never actually canceled um and, and I'm going to try to simple this down mostly because so that I can explain it. Uh, or, <laughs> this is as I understand it, based on some articles I was reading at the time. So the show was, while it aired on the WB, it, it was not produced by Warner Brothers. It was produced by 20th Century, 20th Century Fox, um, which is not totally uncommon mm-hmm. uh, for a show to be produced by one studio, but, you know, airing on, air on another. Scrubs was produced by ABC for its entire run. But aired on NBC for its first seven I think, seasons. I think even Star Trek was produced by like CBS Studios, uh-huh. but aired on NBC. Yeah, so it's not totally uncommon. Um, but that that was the situation, and I my understanding is that they had a five year contract uh, before it went into negotiations. So a five year arc for the show was planned that was leading to this moment, um, and with. With a plan for what came next if they were renewed past that. And I, I'm assuming that, like, some of those plans did leak into uh, Restless. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, when the, um, uh, when the five-year time for renegotiating the contracts came up, um, essentially... From what I understand is that 20th Century Fox wanted uh, their fee for whatever WB was going to pay to air the show. They wanted to raise that. 
But at this point, ratings were not as good anymore. Because the ratings of the show really peaked in seasons two and three. Mm -hmm. So they weren't really willing to pay the increased fees that, um, that Fox wanted. UPN, which was kind of struggling at the time... Um, at this point, they really had Star Trek Voyager, I think, as like their, no pun intended, flagship show. Um, and Voyager struggled. Also, also, I feel like um, UPN had ties to Fox because um, I, I think I remember like any time when I was a kid, any time uh, stuff that was going to air on Fox got like preempted by news or sports. Mm-hmm. They would air it on UPN. Oh, interesting. Um, and and um, they may not have done that later. The when with the more shows that they picked up, mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's what I remember. Um, well, essentially, UPN was like, "Yo, we'll pay it." They, you know, a super popular show, um, and they probably didn't know it at the time, but they would be able to. I mean, all of the publicity around season six was a silhouette of Buffy's. Basically, it's just her eyes, and it said, Buffy lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had all of that marketing to play with. Um, so, yeah, so basically Fox said, yeah, okay, you can have it. Um, and so WB did advertise it as a series finale. But, like, I, I have to go back and look. Like, it probably says, like, the WB series finale Maybe. or something like that. But, um, so, yeah, the show was never actually canceled but i think that's just kind of become the kind of the zeitgeist of it because people i mean i barely understood reading like this business deal i'm like wondering like how does angel fit into it though because you know the wb held on to angel i guess maybe they had that five-year plan that they set up as well probably angel only lasted five years yeah um and uh you know maybe they got that same rate when Angel was, uh, when like Angel was starting, possibly, so. yeah, I've not looked into how how Angel affects, but but I would imagine yes, they were probably the WB probably still had the contract for Angel, should they've chosen to renew it. Um, but yeah, so actually, w- this article I was reading was from like March or April of two thousand one, explaining all of this. Um, so even when this episode aired, it was common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how common, but. I mean, it was public knowledge that the show had been renewed for a sixth season. The show must go on. That would be airing on UPN. Um, so I just found that very interesting. Um, I, that is I, interesting. Like, the business side of it was a little confusing, and I may be misunderstanding and misrepresenting certain things, but I, it's also very, very interesting how the kind of truth of that morphed into the, this legend of it got canceled and then like saved by UPN because we see that nowadays, like Netflix saves a canceled show yeah. or whatever. Um, so it yeah. is very interesting. Like, uh, I mean, very light spoilery material going forward, but I mean, there are e- from this point on, after we do the angel season two finale, then like angel and Buffy will be on separate networks. However, crossovers do still occur. Yeah. Um, so that is, that's something that like, I'd like to know the uh, mechanics of oh. because I'm Lord sure knows there was... was like some bending over backwards by somebody in mm-hmm. order to get that to happen between two different networks. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's the gift. Um, it's my Oof. favorite episode, five out of five. Um, like I said, I, even though uh, it's an amazing episode, and yes, I do think it would serve as a good series finale. I'm glad it's not. 
I'm, we've got some really good stuff coming up. We've also got some stuff that we're going to talk about. <laughs> it's all stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah. But like, um, but I just, every single thing in this episode hits. Literally the only thing that I have like a complaint about, it's so nitpicky, is that Ben calls Glory baby and he's when he's like, oh, it's just you and me, babe. I wish he had said sis instead of babe because they've had this sibling dynamic. Mm-hmm. And that was just really bizarre to call her babe. But otherwise, it you know, is so nitpicky. Dude, it's yeah, so you know, nitpicky. Like, dude probably doesn't even know what he's saying. <laughs> right. Because he's been like... He'll do blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's, he's been beat to shit. Sounds like he's from Pylea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like... Um, oh, just another just tiny bits of trivia. There were several things that were scripted to happen in this episode. Um that we can't really talk about because they are things that get used in later episodes. Oh, okay. Um, uh, um, and some of them are, I would say, I say scripted. I, I imagine some of these didn't even make it to the script um, <laughs> uh, portion of it. But, because um, there's one in, per- or no, there's, two in particular that feel like they were something that they were we'll only do this if it does end up being our last episode okay um but yeah that's that's the gift i don't i don't know what else to say about it other than i love it so much and i'm so happy but also sad and emotionally drained. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think this is a one out of five episode. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! But, Can you just imagine if, like, this whole time, and you just come in and actually I fucking hate this episode? <laughs> <gasps> well, we did have like a bit of like that moment when, um, like, uh, when I talked about when I finally told you how much I hated the Scream movies. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I, I could because you know and for Harrison's it fine for for her, well no the thing yeah and for Harrison's birthday um not this past year but the year before he wanted to watch Scream one and two and I hadn't seen like I hadn't seen Scream in years and I don't remember liking it too much I thought it was a little too silly and I'd never seen Scream two mm-hmm. and um, when he said like oh yeah I want to watch them I'm like oh you know maybe maybe it's better than I remembered and it's kind of like when i rewatched thor ragnarok i kind of hated it even more <laughs> and and then like one night we were just hanging out in my house i can't remember what we ended up watching it might have been like our annihilation arrival double feature night but yeah, uh, i think it was lord of the rings oh, okay but uh but yeah like i that's when i finally came out to like i fucking hate the screen movies and i think a whole bunch of gay people who listen to this are just like well fuck that reader <laughs> Um, no, yeah. Uh, five out of five. Um, also, if you love the Scream movies, or if you even love Thor Ragnarok, love it. I mean, I don't know what the fuck. I don't need your fucking permission. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, but, uh, I actually enjoyed the movie 47 Ronin. Uh, but, um, uh, kind of like The Last Samurai, but with Keanu Reeves. Okay. Uh, but yeah, five out of five. Uh, five out of five. Uh, hammer's just beating the shit out of a god. Oh, loved it. Uh, gotta talk about the big old troll hammer. Uh, yeah. Um, this is beautiful payoff to mm-hmm. everything that's happened in this season, and I like how the last couple of episodes have served as payoff to a lot of stuff that has just happened throughout the series. And yeah. you know, like 
they they kind of like made a little reference to that that they're previously on and it's just being like oh here's every episode of buffy yeah uh, and that is such an awesome moment like i love that it gives me um opening credits of uh the stolen earth from doctor who oh yeah every single so actor credited it's just like some it's it's such a little thing but it's such like an adrenaline boost of like oh this isn't just any sort of episode. This isn't just any finale. This is... And you know, like, it. there were so many people that uh, that I knew that were watching that. They only watched Doctor Who. They didn't watch Torchwood. They didn't watch Sarah Jane mm. Adventures. But I had, like, me being me, I had to watch, yeah. like, every single, like, little tie-in bit. But it paid off so well yeah. in that moment. I'm just like, what, really? Everything is in here? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the... Uh, and I think... I love this episode so much because of this watch through that um, I got to watch this season again, mm-hmm. obviously a little bit older than the last time I watched it. Um, let's see. Uh, how old was I when I originally watched it? I think it was like maybe 20 or so and I'm almost yeah. 33. Um, so, and also I got to watch it and talk about it in depth with somebody who this is their favorite season. Mm-hmm. And honestly, some of the... Because, you know, I think I'll admit that uh, I was kind of like one of those viewers that's like, you know, season five was never really on my radar. I was like very much all about the show in its heyday, seasons mm-hmm. two and three. But yeah, like this this whole season has just been a wonderful trip with you. And um, it it's so great to see it culminate in this. And, uh, and yeah, that's like, it, yeah, just... It, you know what watching this show and doing this podcast with you is the true gift Aww. we don't have to jump into portals <laughs> although depending on the portal like if it was a portal to James Marsden's sex den <laughs> Camp Reddit, that you know portal. the sad thing is I, I feel like he totally would have a sex den <laughs> ah, listen James Marsden if you're out there and you have a sex den uh get in touch uh booze and buffy at gmail.com the and is spelled out uh, did you see the uh trailer for disenchanted fuck <laughs> who the fuck do you think you're talking to? i don't know man uh it actually looks really fun and i was i've always i've been a little trepidatious about a sequel but i was like oh they're it looks like they're doing something interesting with mm-hmm. it that i'm really excited about also i posted this on twitter but i'm just gonna say to here uh enchanted is like loki the horniest movie ever made like, um, let's see. I don't know. Scott Pilgrim is pretty horny. Pretty. That's a pretty horny movie too. I feel. But see, Enchanted is like under the radar. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Scott Pilgrim wears its horniness out on yeah. scene. Like, especially in the character Wallace. Like Giselle's a very horny person, but because of who she is, she she's a horny explosion anyway she she's <laughs> horny she's horny for love not necessarily for sex but also <laughs> i mean all right um do we have do we have anything else to say that isn't related to enchanted i'm sure we'll have plenty or more horniness. to say or horniness <laughs> i'm sure we'll have plenty more to say when we do our season wrap up yes. but uh take yeah. us out well thank you all for joining us on this extremely special episode of booze and buffy but you know what we're not done We'll be back next week with the Angel Season 2 finale, Episode 22, There's No Place Like Plertzgerb. Yes. Oh, um, excuse me. I said that wrong. Plertzglerb. I There was a moment 
where I was like, oh, maybe we should do There's No Place Like Flirt's Club first and then do The Gift. And then I was like, oh, nope, can't. 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 And you'll find <laughs> out why next week. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N, uh, where I tweet horny things. And, All the time. Uh, and now that Twitter circles exist... I tweet complaints about my job, even though I really like my job. But I was wondering why, like, I didn't see like one of the things that you posted. And it's like, oh, you're not in Harrison's circle. Like, what? You're not in my circle? Apparently not. Oh. Like, uh, but um, I'm Jason, not in Harrison's circle. And you can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at yamij. Um, so, uh, and I actually uh, I posted a um, a really cool. Uh, I don't know, like, I'm pretty sure, like, I've talked about, like, my favorite TV finales before, but um, people were, like, doing this uh, post of, like, oh, post images from your favorite episodes of your favorite TV shows. So I actually went a little hog wild and did, like, four or five different posts of uh, just single images from my favorite, from uh, episodes of my favorite TV shows. And uh, you all should check it out and see how many you recognize. Um Angel, I will say that there is like an angel screenshot in there, however, and it is like an episode we have not gotten to yet. However, um, it's not too spoilery. Very good. So you especially are, when I don't say what episode it is. You are absolutely in our in my in my circle. Oh, I saw like I just saw a tweet that said like I couldn't view it or whatever from you. That's um, really weird. Anyway, uh <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's where you can find me. Where can you find us, Harrison? Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. And is spelled out in all of those instances. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, shoot us some reviews, y'all. Mm-hmm. Shoot us some shoot us some helpful, helpful articles and videos. Yes. Um, and each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we are highlighting To Write Love on Her Arms. To Write Love on Her Arms is a nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self injury, and suicide. To Write Love on Her Arms exists to encourage, inform, inspire, and invest directly into treatment and, and recovery. Visit www. T-W-L-O-H-A.com for more information. That and is- I do want to make it very, very clear. Um, sometimes our nonprofits tie in to episodes. I am I am not calling Buffy what Buffy did here a suicide. That's very dangerous mischaracterization. Um, I chose this because September is um, Suicide Awareness Month. Um, so I just want to make that very, very clear because um, uh, I, I, this... This episode has been criticized by, um, we'll call them wrong-minded people, uh, that it promotes suicide. And that is not the case. But Buffy does is a sacrifice to yeah, save I lives. Mean, they're acting like that's like the only heroic sacrifice ever done in the history of fiction. The group I'm referring to specifically won't shock you, but it is a Christian group. Ever heard of this man named Jesus? I mean, she dives into the portal in a Christ-esque pose. <laughs> right? Anyway. Uh, whatever. With that being said, go slay. And be gay. Champagne cork.